I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Welcome back. Welcome us back. Yes. Because with the... It feels like with, forever every time we do an episode. I, it, it does, and there's a reason for that, Joe. Other than we're both super busy. Well, we're bo- both super busy. No one wants to hear about that. But we are We are happy to be back. A lot of stuff has happened since we were here that we didn't cover. That's going to seem like old news because, well, it is. But we're yeah. going to talk about it a little bit. We got a little Why bit not? of football. Got a little bit of basketball. And also, we're going to have Dan Hamer on from the SU Lax pod. He is going to join us to talk to us about Syracuse lacrosse. We'll get into the chase scaling thing a little bit. This is kind of a, I, I, I mean, it's just one of those stories that's like, come on, man. Oh, I mean, it's national now. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. national now. Exactly. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, we'll have to discuss it. So, anyways, we're going to get into all that stuff. But first, before we do that, let's talk about who we got, who we got, who we got. Take Line. Okay. Sports, culture, takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Reese Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA in the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now. To hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your pods, Take Line. Also, hey man, if you like the NBA, that's your thing, you listen to Take Line, give them give a little rating, give them a little love, show them what's up. You can give them a review too, let them know you heard about it here. The Locker Room app. Portions of this show go live on the Locker Room app. We try to do this every episode now, so go there. Go to the iOS or Android store, download the app, and all you need is a simple email address. Everybody's got one of those these days. Download the app, set yourself up with a little um, profile, 
and follow us on there. Also, you don't have to just listen to us. You can also do your own thing. You want to you want you want you want to create a room and go live with it and start talking. You will got stuff to say about you know it could be Q Sports, could be anything. Get on there, make an account, start that up. You can also follow us, and that's you know where a lot of our fan feedback is going to start to come from when games when football games come back. So. That should be fun. We'll do a little bit of both. We'll do a little bit of we'll do a little bit of uh, locker room feedback, and we'll also do the traditional, you know, social media stuff. So, um, anyways, and got a couple new sponsors jumping on board there. We appreciate that, and got a little bit later on. So, before we get Dan on, it's been a minute since we've talked. And some more recent news is that Ed Hendricks and Tyrell Richards are going to transfer from the football team. Yep. Okay, that's more recent. But what we didn't cover that we should have, would have, could have did earlier would have been the draft wrap-up stuff. So we've got two guys that went within the first seven rounds, and Cisco 65th and Melifonwu 101st. So right at the top of the third round for Cisco. Uh, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Melifonwu 101st, like I said, going to the Detroit Lions. So that's kind of a big deal for Syracuse. And the Jags just, what, didn't they just sign a new tight end too? Or they got them coming in, don't they? Timmy T. Timmy T. Tebow. I love me some Tebow, bro. I'll, I, <laughs> the only time I rooted for Denver in my entire life oh, was he's when. He's getting killed, buddy. Oh, he's getting killed. That's fine. On social media. so And also with Jacksonville. They also drafted uh, Trevor Lawrence and yeah. uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah, yeah. So, Clemson, so Cisco so. going to dro- join the Clemson foe in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer. Yeah, and it makes sense. Well, that's why Tim Tebow is going there, right? So, so you you got you got um, you got quite the star-studded cast over there at Jacksonville, in my opinion. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how that all plays out. But yes, the, the one is. time I rooted for Tim Tebow. Well, I've rooted for Tim Tebow. I take that back. The one time I rooted for Denver was Tim Tebow at quarterback for Denver against the Steelers. You remember that game? Mm-hmm. You remember? The, okay. Yep. All right. When when Tebow beat the Steelers, that was something. That was something. I, oh, yeah. I enjoyed every it second of that. Definitely was. Definitely I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Jacksonville is going to be one of those younger teams, especially always interesting to see a uh, college coach come up to the NFL. And just see what they can bring to the table. And Urban Meyer has always been one of those guys where they wondered. And now he's he there could. and he's got a, like you said, star-studded. Everyone thought Trevor Lawrence was pretty much a NFL quarterback from the day he stepped foot in Clemson before he even started a game. So we will we'll see. see. It's going to be interesting to watch, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, that's... And, the- oh, yeah, 100%. And Malifuano as well, um, going to Detroit in the third round. Uh, I'm glad that happened, too. You're talking... We haven't had positional players. I know that... Uh, What's his name from last year? Oh, God, no, I'm trying to damn blank. Come on, bro. Defensive. Come on, man. Alton oh, Robinson. Man. Alton Robinson. Yeah, there you Seahawks. go. Seahawks. Um, yeah. He uh, was a positional player that finally, you know, went up in one of those higher higher rounds. You know, you get to six and seven, and it's not a guarantee that they're going to make the team. Uh, and then we've obviously had uh, special teams U where we've had a bunch of punters and stuff like that get drafted and um, – you know, kickers are always a. Uh, you never know if they just draft somebody or bring somebody in just to 
bring in a competition, but um, those two getting drafted in the third round, I mean, they're going to make rosters. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, Alden Robinson made it. He's making a name for himself in Seattle too. He did a great job last year. He's yeah, coming, he had a great. He had a great year last yeah. year for made the most of his drafting. minutes. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think that you know, if you ask Seattle if they were happy with where they drafted him and what they gave him, they'd probably say yes. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, you know, that's really all you can ask for is uh, that second contract with the money maker. So um, it's good to see that he's kind of solidified a spot. Obviously, you got to keep working hard, but um, you know, then also, you know, Trill Williams kind of a surprise he didn't get drafted a uh, little bit. Not going to lie, just because of his freakish athleticism, stuff like that, his size. Um, I don't know. I just figured that someone would have drafted him, but I'll tell you what, got picked up by the Saints along with our punter Nolan Cooney. So um, looks like the Saints are definitely trying to bring in some talent there to uh, to give some uh, competition to some of those players. Because Trill Williams is, I'm telling you, that guy's well, Trill, a- Trill will make will make the roster in my opinion. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Nolan Cooney, I mean, he was he averages like 45 yards a punt for Syracuse, I think. Um, was it? Yeah, for the, all of last year. So he's a hell of a punter. I, I don't, I couldn't, oh, yeah. I couldn't, most teams, not going to lie, when it comes to... The, the roster size that you get, like they're always going to bring in an extra punter just to give that person the competition. They just don't want, you know, a punter or a kicker to kind of rest on their laurels because they're the only one on the on the team, so to speak. So most teams do that um, and bring a little competition to the uh, to the uh, camp during the summer. Right, and I don't know who the hell their punter is right now. I don't much care, but Mm-mm. anyway. We'll see. We'll see. Exactly. So, okay. So Quincy, he entered the transfer portal and he's going to test the NBA waters while he does so. And uh, he was averaged what? He averaged 13.7 points a game and eight and a half rebounds a game. Shot 49% from the field last year. Had his struggles. He he really built up the bulk of those numbers in the beginning of the season. He was averaging a double-double for... 
I mean, quite some time he was at the top there doing it, you know, pulling, oh, yeah. pulling those numbers in. So he's going to transfer. We talked before when we, you know, I know all hell broke loose and this is old news too, but we, this is something that we probably should have definitely done something quick on, but you know, it, it, it comes down to a time issue. So with Gary, a, I know everybody lost their minds over this. Like this was something, you know, we we saw maybe testing the waters. Okay, but now he's going to transfer. All right, I, I get that. But at the end of the day, I think that Gary a leaving is is not going to be a is not going to be a huge loss. I think I think the Syracuse team is going to be able to pick up next year and. And and just and just roll with what they got. Now, with that said, we did talk earlier in the year, Joe, some of the body language about with Quincy and the team. I mean, this is we we said it, so it's out there. It did, yeah, you, I mean, did, it, we did, but it might not even be that. I think if it was that big of a deal, then he probably would have well, said what a, something a little bit sooner. I mean, I think it could be fair enough. I mean, that could be true. Two two things could be true at once, but at sure. the same time, you remember you remember back in the day, Tyler Lydon. Yeah. He's going to test the waters, right? Then mm-hmm. he came back. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really have the greatest. Yeah, he had his moments, and we made that run. But I think there was a – I remember talking, I, I believe, about him kind of maybe doing some things and trying to show the prospects um, some of the things that they probably gave him negative – You know, they gave they him, him. They gave him advice on what he needs to work on. Yeah, and he went back and worked on it. And right. And I think – that there was times where we thought that that hurt the team. Now, did yes. they end up making a run that's, and going to the Final Four? Yes. Okay. That's the other point. But, and my thing is is that as a coach or anybody, if, if you have a player that's like, oh, I'm going to go sniff the waters, and as a coach, you're like, hey, look. Oh, now we're you sniffing know, them. You're probably not there, right? right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's one of those things where if, if you're trying to test the waters, you're starting to sniff that green. Oh, yeah. You know well, I mean? when you come you're back. You get that allure of that money, you know – and like I said, I don't I don't blame the kids, but that's one of those things where if you have somebody who's like, oh, you're probably not ready, but I'm going to go test it. And there's one of those things where, you know, once you go and you do workouts and you do this and you do that, then you're going to get all this feedback and all that negative feedback is going to go. And it's that's what that player is going to work on when sometimes necessarily on a college team, a coach has got to coach his players and put his team together as like a scheme. So he needs certain players to do certain things. And if you're out there trying to prove something else, that's not your role defined to you by your coach, then that's where you sometimes see, you know, it not work. So, um, this is probably a mutual thing. And obviously with, with Jimmy Beheim coming back, I mean, I, I don't know if it was a situation where coach Beheim gave Quincy a, a timeline or whatever. Maybe Quincy saw that Jimmy, um, Jimmy jr. Signed on and he was like, well, I might as well just say I'm going to transfer if I am going to come back. But if he does come back, and I think somebody on Noons or somebody wrote about it, I mean, if he, if he does come back, he's probably going to end up getting signed by a team where he, you know, either is lied to about what his role is going to be or he can go to a team where he can actually play, you know, show the NBA the, the negative feedback that he got from them. So it could be a win-win. You never really know. With you never Quincy, know how that's going to affect it. With, once you sniff the green – you start doubting whether or not that player is coming back for the team or for himself. Just well, Joe, a better Joe, Joe. I mean, let's be honest. And I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say. I'm not trying to 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 make any accusations about anybody's. I'm not trying to cast aspersions here. But 
on Quincy's character or anybody else. But when they go do that, and they're like, someone at the NBA is like, hey, you, you should work on this, this, and this. You know, we'll see you next year. You're going to get some higher stock. You work on that stuff, you're going to be good to go. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah. It's I'm, not going I'm to be a team effort. And, and, no, I know. Like, well, hold on, because I have a point. And, and I think that, and I'm speculating, but sometimes Griffin played like that last year. And maybe it was in his... Or seemed like. Oh, that's what I said. It seemed like he played like that. And to me, I felt like he played like that last year. Now, I know he didn't have... Um, he didn't have... He didn't test the NBA waters at all or anything like that, but a talented kid probably had oh. Griffin. What do you mean? He's going to the NBA. No, he didn't test him before he transferred to Syracuse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't have, he didn't have you know, a list of to-dos to work on, but it kind of felt that way. We've seen it before, like you said, but at the end of the day, we all wish Gary a, a you know, Luck, if whether he comes back, whether he goes, I don't think he's going. I didn't think he was good enough. I do think it's good to test the waters and see. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, that's, I, that's that's where I'm coming from, right? It's okay to test the waters and see, but then once you do that, that might not make you a great fit for the team that you just exactly. came from, right? So, right. I mean, my whole thing, my whole... Look at Brissett. He was the last one to do this, right? Brissett's... Right he now is killing it right now, but he was not killing it his last year at Syracuse. He was he was he was a good player, I mean, but he was a good player. But you could say, I mean, he was raw though. You, he was he, he was, but him leaving to Quincy right now, I think was apples to oranges. I think Brissett was better. I, mean, I, he was more I would prepared. agree. Yeah. His body was bigger. He was a bigger guy overall. Um, but really, I mean, again, like I said, I, I was looking at it through with an orange prism. As a fan, as a coach, how do you want your team? How do you want to see your team? Yeah, as a name and as a talent, as we've seen in Quincy, it's like, oh, yeah, we want to get him back. But if he's going to come back and it's not really going to be good for the team in the way that the coaches want the team to, you know, play out, then, you know, that's where you're going to have a difference of opinion. So I'm not faulting him for doing this, and I wish only the best for him. He's got every right in his – to do what he, what he wants for his himself. Yeah. So go do you, Quincy. Yeah, absolutely. And with that said, I still think that we've got uh, we've got a solid team, eight nine player. We're still going to get killed until we prove it. We're going to get killed every time. That's yeah, the worst part about it is we lose Kadari and we lose Quincy. So now, anytime, probably leading up to the season, but then anytime anything goes bad throughout the season, there's going to be those guys like, oh, should have should have had Quincy. Now, oh well, Kadari would be doing great. Oh well, yeah, yeah exactly. if ifs and buts for candy and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. I mean, it would be great That's what to it's have. Gonna be, though, man. It would be great to have both of them back. Yeah. So when it's when we when we when we step on the court next year and it's gonna take a little bit of time to to get things rolling, just like it does every year, did this year too, by the way, you know, and with those guys, it's going to be that. And we know that. But that's fine. I mean, that's that comes with the territory. That comes with first of all the freedom of being a fan and being able to to you know, shout your opinion on every social media site possible and every group in every comment section and that's fine but i at the end of the day at the end of the year next year i think we're going to see a cohesive group i do i I really feel like we will so you're you're worried you're a little bit worried about uh samir torrance not really sure what he can do and i kind of i kind of understand that myself but obviously there's going to be some development 
going on. Oh, got, I think this is between be Samir team. and Swider, right? That, because yeah. I mean, Jimmy B played it. You got Joe Buddy, Sadibi's in there, Edwards, right. and then possibly Frank, right? Yeah. And I think they all want to be there for the team, right? I mean, that's really where you're they do. They, you have they a situation do. where you have Buddy and Samir and Joe, who all played AAU, and you're going to have Jimmy Beheim who's going to come in and he's going to want to do, you know, you know, he's going to listen to the coach. It's a confidence so. thing too. You know, Samir Brahma's going to listen to the coach. Jesse's going to. I mean, yeah. they all know they're going to have a. They're going to be able to mold this team, and hopefully, we have a, a five star Benny Williams that comes in and and kind of puts it all together. Um, I think everyone else that's there that transferred in, uh, I think they want to be there. I think they're going to buy in and, and whatever roles and, and stuff like that that the coaches want them to do. I think it's going to be an easier, uh, a more coachable team to be able to kind of mold them into what the coaching staff kind of sees. So I do see certain lineups where maybe there's a athleticism problem in certain situations in certain lineups. So, um, again, with Samir Torrance, it's more or less just I haven't seen it with my own eyes he really didn't show it in Marquette but he also said Marquette really didn't let him play the role that he can play so if uh, Coach Beheim can let him come in and play the role that he that he played and that he's seen him play in the AAU tournaments when he went and watched his son then um, I think all will be well but only time will tell yeah absolutely all right so we want to talk a little bit of Syracuse lacrosse heading into the tournament but first let's hear from the title sponsor for the Q's Militia and for Sports Drink, and that is Bet Online. You guys know this. <clears throat> you know all of this. This week has tons of action. MLB, NBA, NHL, they're all in full swing. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as a team as a team's prep for their run for the playoffs. Bet Online. Go over there, sign up today, Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Now this is this is something that was rumored around the around the sports drink water coolers, and I'm just so happy to welcome aboard to the Cuse Motion Sports Drink, Kansas City Steaks. Look, there's no better sponsor than food, right? Maybe Manscaped, but food works. You work hard, play hard, treat yourself. Stock up for the summer with barbecues and Kansas City Steak Companies. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter-tender filet mignon. Kansas City Steaks, Juicy Steak Burgers, All Beef Jumbo Hot Dogs, and even Complete Meal Combos. Bring home the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with... What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The promo code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com. Code SD, KansasCitySteaks.com. Code SD. All right, join us now. Welcome, everybody. Dan Hamer. Host of Syracuse Lacrosse Podcast. That's at SULAX Pod on Twitter, wherever you find your podcast. You can download him at Apple and everywhere else, right, Dan? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show. Yep, you can get it anywhere, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. If it's not available on your uh, platform, let me know and I'll get it there. Awesome. So you are the you are you, what you're like the only Syracuse sports podcast, right? That's doing lacrosse solely. So yeah, yep, yep. Okay, so. where are you where are you from? We we gotta ask everybody new that comes on here. That's that's from Syracuse. Where where where'd you go to high school? I actually went to Jordan Elbridge, so just about twenty minutes outside of Syracuse. So okay, everybody knows, but Joe and I are both ESMers. Okay, okay. that's fair. Four, four four years apart, but we had the orange the orange and blue. That's the that's the thing I'm most par- proud of about being at ESM was our colors were orange and blue too. I always love that. So um, there is a chance, Dan, that we set our expectations just a little high for Syracuse lacrosse this year since they finished uh, first before the pandemic hit, or they were first before the pandemic hit. They did have a good win over UVA. They were up by six uh, in the first game 
of the season and just ended up getting smoked. And they ended up finishing 7-5, 2-4 in the ACC. Mike McAllister over at Sports uh, SI Sports Illustrated reminds us that Syracuse has, hasn't been to a Final Four since 2013, adding that's the longest absence since 1980. So Syracuse sets it up for this. Facing Georgetown in the first round on Saturday, May 15th, 7.30. That's going to be on ESPNU. We're going to talk about that second. But first, obviously, let's clear the room with the whole Chase Scanlon thing. He was arrested and charged with criminal mischief on Friday, suspended from all athletic participation. He's accused of physical altercation with a female by breaking her phone. And according to Syracuse.com and via the district attorney, Says the physical altercation didn't result in any legally defined injuries, so the charge was harassment, basically akin to a a traffic ticket, and that's all the result of him breaking her phone. So, some more news comes out. Uh, the Daily Orange had something they got a hold of um, the the the. I guess some stuff from the police, the actual police department or whatever, and this, it, it allegedly, all this is alleged, right? But if true, man, this guy's got issues. This guy's got issues. So at one point he was restated. Player boy, player boycott prevented him from practicing with the team. So that speaks volumes. I think we all knew right then that this was serious, and we didn't have any of the details yet. So is Syracuse going to be motivated enough to pull off big wins without a guy who scored 24 goals and 33 points before he was even suspended? Um, to be honest, I think this you're going to see a more focused team than you ever saw. I mean, look, the arrest finally happened. Let's be honest. We All the reports that I heard for weeks were saying he was going to get arrested, and that was from my back channel of people that I talked to that are close to the program. They said the arrest is coming, the arrest is coming, the arrest is coming. And finally we hear about it, so now you don't have to hear about Scanlon anymore. In my opinion, they shouldn't talk about it in the game at all against Georgetown. But... You see a guy like Seabold who moves down to his natural position of attack, and he's just going to make a big difference for this team. Well, I mean, that's good news. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. You know, it does take the focus off. Now that now that this is obviously kind of cleared the air, we know what's going on now as far as the future of him at Syracuse. And, you know, a history. Well, that, whole, that whole thing said a lot, right, Sean? I mean, there's not too many times where a team steps up like that. And no, like, eh, no, you, you knew it back on the field. Like we're just going to walk off. You, so you knew it was bad. Know, like what his reputation is with his teammates. If, if there's toxicity in the locker room. So, I mean, to his point, like maybe they're just a more focused, better team without him. I mean, sure. Talented kid, but if he's causing other issues around the program, then it could be a positive. So I was afraid that the allegations were going to be something to do with, some kind of violence against a woman or something racist. And uh, according to her, it's a little bit of both, unfortunately. So like, it's just, it's really disappointing. You never want this kind of toxicity on, on your team. Right. So the air is clear. And hopefully, like you said, you know, there's no damn way, by the way, Dan, that they're not going to mention this. During the game, because th- th- those people cannot help themselves, right? I mean, I mean, they they tried to mention it every other chance they get whenever Syracuse <laughs> right. is on offense. So, I I know what you're saying. I just hope that they don't. I guess is the way that I would say it. I hope they focus on the guys on the field, 
I love them, let them do their thing. They've heard about it for a while. So let them just do their thing. Exactly. And I love your optimism. I just, I don't know. So, but that's going to be an exciting game. And we want to get your thoughts on Georgetown, but you got an ACC heavy tournament. It looks pretty damn good, right? For the, yep. for the ACC. So I'll give you, I, I you know, you guys disappointed me on social media, by the way, I'm trying to get some buy, seller holds for this. I understand that it's not like football or basketball, but guys, come on. I mean, you made you made us all look silly out there. We, you know, hey, so we're still a lacrosse school. That it's we're, the tournament, man. Yeah. So here's mine, Dan. I want you, I want you to go ahead first, okay? Buy, sell, or hold. And I don't. And you got one too. So you, you no holds, no holds. We don't have enough for holds. That's the rule. So buy or sell. Uh, I'm sorry, man, but come on. <laughs> We will have an all ACC Final Four. I am actually going to sell that. Okay. I think we're going to see, I, I don't know the right way to say it, but the ACC eats itself alive. It seems to do that every year. You know, these guys, you got the guys that this league is tremendous. Everybody knows that. They're eating each other alive all year. You see these goalies like Drake Porter look human, who actually is a really good goaltender for Syracuse. Got smoked but, a couple of times. But we saw what Syracuse did against a team like UVA. Look, if if UVA goes up against Bryant and plays the games that they have against Syracuse, they're losing in the first round. So I I'd sell. I won't tell. I will tell you that Carolina will be one of the four. That's probably my guaranteed one. That's what I was going to ask you because I don't watch all these teams and looking up at that bracket because I was looking ahead, obviously, just in case Syracuse, right? Uh, and I was going to ask you, do Andrews Monmouth or Lehigh or, or Rutgers have what it takes to be North Carolina? From what I've seen from North Carolina, it's going to take a lot. <laughs> to I mean, this, this is like March Madness in May. Obviously, it's mayhem, as mayhem. we call it in the lacrosse world. So, yes, it can happen. Will it? Probably not. The Rutgers is probably the best chance because they played Maryland really close all year. So that's probably the best team that has faced the most competition. Okay. Well, I mean, North Carolina, I mean, Notre Dame was impressive too. And I didn't watch Notre Dame. Yeah, but they're up what? there with Maryland. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they got they got underseated though in my opinion. That's a whole yeah. gripe with the tournament though. So Yeah, you, you think so? You think you think Notre Dame should have been what? Maybe uh did they do that I mean, to keep them out of out of, you know, that top bracket up there with with North Carolina, Syracuse and Virginia or what? I think the logistics play into it. So you've got South Bend as a host for the next round. So I, the whatever, however, the tournament, I don't understand tournament committees. I never will. But I think they gave a thought to Notre Dame hosting their next game, to be honest. Um, I don't like that because, look, if Notre Dame's one of the best teams in the country, they've shown it all year. Yeah. So why, why are you putting them in? Not saying the Georgetowns, not saying Virginia isn't good, but look, they should be up there with the three or the four, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I thought they were good. You know, I, like I said, I only watched the games that that we played against them, but I mean, obviously, um, By a, the way, a talented I ain't team. Sell that. I'm selling it too. I was hoping, I was hoping I could get some optimism out of Dan on that. I think that would be really cool. Now, do I want it to happen? Yeah, I do. But I am, um, I'm honestly just, I'm really nervous about. Even Syracuse, 
So we got two in that oh, bracket yeah. that could make it. But. Well, that's and I was looking at Georgetown too. I just it's hard for me because I look at a, the ACC and maybe it's just this is the bias or whatever. But I looked at the ACC and I'm like, all teams made it, and they just look like a conference that's just above the rest and just the competition. I mean, it says a lot. Syracuse making it to the tournament at seven and five because of that competition. And I looked at Georgetown and and I mean, they got them. They got Denver. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I know Denver's playing Loyola down in that bottom right hand bracket but i mean i think a lot of it has to do with what how good that big that big east really is i don't really know you know what i mean because i haven't watched georgetown or denver this this year and to me i think that was the championship right yep the people that i've talked to have said the big east is the second best conference in lacrosse okay. i will tell you that so that's okay. the people that have watched the games they've called the games um obviously the big 10 is top loaded a little bit with maryland and rutgers but mm-hmm. Top to bottom, the Big East compares to the ACC. It's the people, obviously not the talent-wise, so let's be honest about that, but that's the second-best conference. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that, that, that Denver-Loyola game is going to be interesting, boy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, as far as Syracuse-Georgetown goes, Dan, let's say let's say you someone might be listening to this that, that's never watched Georgetown play. I mean – I can't imagine who wouldn't, but I'm just finding out Georgetown's got a lacrosse team. So uh, what what do they got that is going to give us a fit? What, what, do you, what is kind of your synopsis on the Syracuse-Georgetown game? So obviously the first thing, as you said, I got a lot of texts saying Georgetown has a lacrosse team. That was the first question I got asked. And to be <laughs> honest, in past Syracuse has dominated them. They own the series 17-5. to last game being in 2013 but this isn't your average georgetown team as i said before the big east is good and georgetown is the best of the best in that conference for a reason i mean they had two losses like let's be honest that's a good record no matter what in college across it's just like in basketball going undefeated it doesn't matter who you play as long as you get a 12 and 2 record who beat them in the big east do you know denver oh okay all right well if i had to put my money about denver too but Back to Georgetown, like they're the tougher. I mean, you, as much as I think Notre Dame is good and is up there, Georgetown's a solid five. Like the, they're seated for a reason. It wasn't just oh, let's throw them together because they they're good and you know their offense is going to give Syracuse fits. We've seen what the Syracuse defense has done all year. I mean, we don't have to talk about it. I've talked about it too much at this point. Um, so their offense is good. They've got a lot of guys that have scored. They got a guy like James Carraway who leads the team in goals with 46. That's a solid number for any lacrosse team, right? And then you've got another guy like TJ Haley, who's the quarterback of this offense, who leads them in assists with 47. Like they're loaded top to bottom. They're first in the country in assists per game. That's mm. a great number to have. But then you flip it to their defense. Their defense is number one almost, I believe. And goals per game. So that's two. That's a top-to-bottom offensive and defensive team. Their goalie leads the country in the save percentage. Mm. He's a, They're going to give Syracuse problems. I don't think I don't think people – I think people overlook Georgetown, right? Because as you guys – we've talked about, they have a lacrosse team, right? We have to get past that. <laughs> they're good. And this is the first Georgetown team that's legit. They could probably win it all. If they get past Syracuse, they get UVA. With, they're an up and down, Georgetown's an up-and-down team. They match. They can match with UVA. Like, Obviously, we want Syracuse to win, but Georgetown is legit. I think uh, 
you know, what's the Syracuse defense going to do? That's the big question I have. You know, are we going to see the Syracuse defense that can play, play with anybody that can play with the Virginias, play with Tate Duke for a half, or are we going to see the Syracuse defense against that played against UNC? Does Drake Porter worry you at all? I mean, coming into the season, I was thought that he was going to be a little bit better than what I've seen. And I know he's got to get help, but I'm just saying. It's not part of the defense. Yeah, I mean, the the name that people forget that didn't come back for this year, Nick Mellon. Look, he was was a stud on this team. He was your anchor on defense. And you go from that to guys that have no experience. Just to be brutally honest, I hate to right. say it, and I hate to call them out for it. They, I've talked to the alums. This, they don't like this defense. They never, they never have all year because you put a guy like Kennedy, who's a Joel White type for the lacrosse people, a long stick midi who's a midfielder, and you put him down at close defense, and you expect him to be your stud, and it just hasn't worked out all year. Yeah, so you got a little bit out of position. Yeah, I mean, there's guys. The guys are good. Don't get me wrong. If they're obviously good enough to play D one lacrosse. Let's be. I'm not saying they aren't good. Right. They many- don't work for this system. They they don't. They aren't. They're put in positions they shouldn't be in. I I'm not saying that's on the coaches. That's just guys that probably would right. be second or third defenders. To be honest. So, uh, the difference between pretty much everybody came back from last year, right? Right, and Mellon many, was the only one who didn't come back. Right, and how many games did we get into last year? Four? Four. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, obviously when Joe and I talked about, you know, the end of the season for everything, when everything just crashed and burned last year, this was our, this was our, something we were going to, like, we set it in stone. We are going to hang our hats on this team uh, coming back this year. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> with that said, you get the Scanlon issues and, and some of the defensive issues and stuff like that. You know, how do you see this game playing out? So we do this. We do this every every game. We're going to give our well, my question. Can I ask yeah, a question? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Talk. I guess there's we've had issues with, uh, obviously, in the season face offs and everything like that. And yep. it seems like recently, unless we're playing against Notre Dame in North Carolina, it seems like we've cleaned it up a little bit. Um what does, does Georgetown pose that kind of? Because that's one of those things where faceoffs can kind of change the game, you know, for a team like Georgetown, like you said, who's got all those measure like first and if, goals. If they and all just that always kind of have stuff. the ball, right? So, I mean, is this a team that's going to come out? I mean, Notre Dame in two games, I think they beat us forty-three to twenty-one in the faceoff, and that's probably why we got killed both times. Well, like, you know, beat pretty good. So, um, do you? I mean, is Georgetown going to have that kind of guy there, or? Their top guy wins about 50%. So, but the, in the game against Denver that I watched recently that I rewatched because, so he didn't have any clean wins. And if you're Syracuse, that's the thing that you got to cause. You can't have a clean win from the faceoff guy. Now he's fast breaking down to the goal. I mean, that's, that was the issue against Notre Dame. They couldn't, they couldn't fight for the ball. That's the easiest way to say it. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's what I saw. So, I mean, I, I haven't watched Georgetown, so I'm just hoping that, you know, there's that kind of light at the end of the tunnel where maybe we can go and we can dominate those faceoffs like we did last time we played Virginia, you know? Yeah, I think I think we're going to see Fop get a majority of the faceoffs. The thing with Desco, so. and he 
I don't know how he figures this out, to be honest, because there's weeks where Varello obviously gets hot, and then we don't see Varello for a game. I I will never understand that, and <laughs> I I can't get anybody to explain that to me because it, to me, if you've got Varello giving Fop a break and Varello wins five in a row, how do you not play him every game? I, I I'm just asking that question to. I I don't know. There there must be some type of consistency that Dusko's seen over the years where he looks at tape and he figures out who's going to be better. Well, it's, and, we, uh, we, we say this question. We say the same thing about basketball when you, you know practice. You know, he, he's he's obviously seen something in practice or something's telling him that that's the best choice, right? You right. would not do it if it's not the right choice. And in your, if you right. thought that's what was going, you know. Yeah, and as a fan, you're like, this guy just killed it. Now you're just, you're putting this guy in. But some, you know, sometimes it works. So I'm just glad to hear that they don't have some. What, what do you. Notre Dame and North Carolina, boy. <laughs> what do you what do you have to say because it's always, there's always the, the coach stigma when the team isn't, you know going undefeated i mean you know they could be they could be 12 and or 13 and 1 like you know it doesn't matter they're if they're losing the game someone's someone's getting a bash and that's usually the coach you hear the fired desco tweets where we're going all season especially in the in the huge loss against unc he's been there forever you know almost akin to bayheim in, in some sense but what what do you have to say about the fire desco crowd i can tell you that the crowd is getting louder and that's just not from the losses i've seen that i've heard that from people during the wins myself i don't i'm not a like syracuse history is different right because you've got coaches that don't just get fired they leave when they want to for lacrosse so that's that's where i stand on that now i've I've got a buy and sell on that for you guys but we'll get to that after this okay so um I'm not on that. However, let's say they lose this game, right? So then we're, we have to talk years in advance because the parody in lacrosse has changed so much since he became a head coach. And I don't think people understand that enough. And I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not giving him a break. I'm not saying, look, they shouldn't be there in the final four. But let's be honest. When he first came in, there was five or six teams that could compete. And that was your five or six teams that would go there every year. Now, look, you've got a Georgetown that's a five seed that if I told you at the beginning of the year, Georgetown would be a five seed. If I told you, I mean, obviously, you know, Duke and Carolina. Everybody knows that. We don't have to play that game. We all know they're that good. We knew Maryland was that good. But there's a lot of teams that probably shouldn't be there, to be honest, that are there. If that makes sense. Are we one of them, you think? So we were in the final four to be not in. I was told that through the channels that I've people that I talked to and there's people that have interviewed the committee. Yes, I think we should be there. And I mean, as everybody said, those two Virginia wins, right? That's what, that's what got us in. If right. we didn't be, if probably if we didn't beat Virginia the second time, we wouldn't be in. I, I, I can say that. it that way, but I was even worried with that. But then the Robert Morris win too. I mean, I mean, so what happened with the army? I mean, is this just the first game of the season? Because I saw Army was ranked, and now they're not in the tournament. So Army basically fell off after the Syracuse win. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> look, look, that's not saying Army isn't good. They just ran right. into a Patriot League that's better than people expected. But you gave right. you gave the heads up on that though, Dan. That that's just a bad. It's just a bad matchup for Syracuse. It's historically a bad matchup for Syracuse. And they went up like what six to one or something like that in that game, and then just ended up getting smoked. 
Yeah, so when I talked to Tucker Dordovic about it before the, I think it was after the Virginia game, him and I talked, and he said if they played Army the second week of the year versus the first week, they would have won by a lot. Okay. He said, and and I've heard it from a lot of alums that I talked to, former Syracuse players. You never want to play Army the first game because Army comes in. They're gonna they're gonna possess the ball all shot clock. They're gonna take it down to fifteen seconds. So you have to score every possession on offense, or else you're not beating that team because they're just so good offensively. And to be fair, they aren't the Army of old where they had nobodies that trotted out against Syracuse. These are guys that are getting highly recruited now that choose to go to Army. Yep. Yeah. So well, it's interesting. Um, all right. Before we get before we do uh, predictions. Score predictions. If 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 you don't want to, you don't have to. But you have uh, some some buy and sells. Keeping the I do holding the holds today. It. All right. So buy or sell. John Desco coaches longer than Jim Beheim. <laughs> sell. Nobody will ever coach as long as Jim Beheim. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sell as well. <laughs> I don't know if I think Coach Beheim may just outlive How us all. How many years is he ahead of him? Oh gosh. That I don't, that I don't know off the when top did of my De- head. When did Desco start? Was it like it's been it's pushing 20 years, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we're talking tw- a quarter century probably. <laughs> more. And with those fire Desco tweets, I don't know. Yeah, but that's so typical. I mean, I don't know if I buy into any of that. I I do I do kind of get it. I mean, and I don't I'm just the cross is to, to, to his point. The cross has grown so yes, so much. yes. I mean, Duke was a nobody. Like, what was it like? Remember when we faced him in the championship game or something? Or I mean, fi- where's Cornell? What was it? The where's final four of the championship old? game that we played them, Duke. What's that? And there was a, a bunch of years back. I can't remember exactly how many years ago, but we pay- played Duke in the in the playoffs. Was it the championship game? Or was I think it... that was a semifinal. Okay, okay, but, all right. But they weren't. Know, the... They they came on and then they stayed hot. I mean, Duke is a yeah. team that wasn't always a, a, a Duke lacrosse. Well, I mean, because lacrosse got that. hot. Dude, yeah, I know. The, when he was talking about way back in the day when there's like five, six teams, some of those teams now, I mean, have not gotten better with the times. Have gotten way, way worse than what Syracuse has. Because I remember. I mean, you had schools like Brown, Princeton. I mean, you can name off all. I mean, Cornell. We, can, we we can go. Cornell is Cornell is off and on though, because yep. if if the Ivy League has a season this year, Cornell is in the tournament. Oh, okay, that's right. So yeah. that's they part of that, and and maybe Syracuse doesn't make it because the Ivy League is in. We don't know that. That's all. You know. Well, it, I'm all with 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 a desco i mean he leaves that's got to hurt recruiting too a little bit does it not i mean who, who's who take who fills those shoes i have a name okay and it's a former syracuse player and this is a guy that i've the name that's been repeated to me powell john galloway oh, okay mm, that's a former uh, goalie right former goalie coaches right now at jacksonville down in florida Okay. As the head coach of Jacksonville, that is the name that people want. If if Desco gets fired slash resigns, whatever you want to call it, that is the name that people want. He's the guy that players can resonate to. Look, the Powells are great, right? But look at with let's take Duke for example. They have a guy that on their staff that played pros. 
look, this Syracuse team, the Syracuse staff is old. I, I hate to say it that way, but nobody knows who they are. So John Desco played the cross, right? Nobody can find his film. Pat March played the cross, right? <laughs> I hate, no, that's not a bad way, but it, no, it's it is funny. Because the, recru- yeah. the, the recruits now are watching YouTube, right? Right. So they see John Galloway's pro highlights from the other day. That's perfect for him. That's their, that's a recruiting in itself because if I'm a goalie like a Drake Porter who's who knows he's good enough to play lacrosse, I can go to I can go to that school where that pro goalie is and he's going to get me into the pros. I mean, look, it's turned into like college football has. The guys want to get into pro lacrosse, it's growing. They don't just want to play 4 years. Yeah. So, well, fair enough. I mean, I get it. Plus, yeah, John Hopkins is the other school I was thinking of too. They used to be. Oh, John Hopkins was big time too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like John Hopkins. Rutgers was good too back when I was a kid. Yeah. So, which was was quite some time ago. All right. Would you have anything else for us, Dan? No, that's the only one I could think of off the top of my head. I I knew where you guys would go with that because I know I know the stigma that Jim Beheim's going to coach forever. (laughs) (laughs) But look, we said that about Desco too, and. And the heat started to turn up. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it is. It'll be interesting to see well, what, what it's, happens. What's interesting, too, is, I mean, with with Syracuse, it's a situation where the way that the game's being played and, you know, just the newer age kids, it's a little bit different to coach. With the lacrosse, you have to deal with that, but plus the popularity boost of all these other schools taking this on. So, I mean, that's just, that's that's got to be so hard. I will tell <laughs> you that. I've tried to say that, and the the response I've gotten is that's no excuse. Because, yeah, of course, I mean that. that well, it's, it, yes, it's true, but people like the Final Fours. So if you're going to if you're going to Syracuse, you're going for the Final Four. Everybody knows when the championship was won. Everybody knows when the last Final Four was. I had a parent that reached out to me. I won't name him for a player on the current team who said he wanted his son to go to Carolina, and he chose Syracuse. So like. His because his son wants to win. His son want Syracuse was his dream school, so like that's great. But now that but it, like if he was on Carolina, he'd be obviously the number one team. So like right, yeah, no, it happens. But Syracuse has got that. Hi- I mean, they both got history. So, but just with the the sport growing, it's just it's crazy to me. I mean, so. it's 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 growing to to the point where down here it's even getting big. And I'm in Virginia Beach, Dan, and back home, obviously, lacrosse was huge. And you get here, and when we first started in it, just when my son first started in it a few years ago, it wasn't it wasn't as big as it is now. It's still not huge, but I mean, it's getting to the south, and once it gets spread to the south, I mean, look out, it's going to be huge. It's gonna. It's gonna be. It's just been taken. I mean, it's, it's already taken. spread to the south. It's just not as big as it's gonna be eventually. Right. Yeah. I and, mean, that's the other thing about Georgetown. I mean, now they can recruit down south. Before they could go, you had your pick of Central New York kids, and now yeah. it's now it's everywhere. It's obviously yeah. spread out west. It's going to California at some point. The California schools are gonna jump in on this, but where where we live, there is if if you're in high school, so it's all clubs. Unless you're in a private school and the private schools have their teams, but it's all clubs and they're fantastic. And my son's been playing on the junior varsity varsity team. They, they practice together. He's not, he's only in eighth grade, so he can't play, but 
you know, he's getting to meet the coach. He's getting, this will be his, this is his second year getting to practice with them and just watch these, you know, play with these kids that are two, three times his size and get beat up a little bit. And it's good for him. I mean, he goes into high school next year. I mean, he's going to know these kids. He's going to know the coach. And I mean, I just, it's so exciting to watch. It's such a great game to watch. You know, you, yeah. you, and this is and lacrosse is going to be one of the biggest sports that actually gets the most out of this whole CTE and football dangerous and not as many kids playing these you know football as much. Uh, I think that that's where you're going to see the growth in that. That's we're just in the beginning of that. So I'll ask you guys to that point, kind of, if you're Syracuse and you want to get people in the dome, right? We've seen the crowds of ten thousand. I've been there when it's five thousand. How do you get more people in the dome? Because I mean, obviously, here in Central New York, it's huge. I because I, mean, I think it's what's be- that? I think it's because our other our other teams are so big. You know, the basketball team and the football team are so big that I don't know. It just goes under the radar. I mean, you've had a women's basketball team that's been pretty good for the past couple of few years. They can't. Yeah. They can barely get people in there too. And I just think sometimes it, it, you need the interest to grow in the sport and the sport to grow first before the actual fans follow, so to speak, you know, because, you know, if it's important and ESPN might be there, I'm going to show up. Right. But who knows as far as, you know, everybody doesn't look at that as the same way. So like I said, lacrosse is getting bigger and bigger. And like, I get where you're coming from because being Syracuse, it's been a Syracuse school and it almost seems like, the popularity in Syracuse has kind of gone down a little bit as far as fandom and well, stuff like that. It, so in, in, the, in we've talked about this with, with the football program. And I mean, the football program just recently started selling tickets again, you know, after the, after the, the last Eric Dungey's last year. And, you know, it's, it's a, what have you done for me lately? The, the Syracuse fans are a little finicky. And when you go, when you're out of just a little, when you're when you're out of the final four in lacrosse, and you're so spoiled with lacrosse, with what eleven championships, and you, you know you go, you're not in the final four for going on our eighth year if they don't make it, then they just they lose interest. That's it. I mean, it's as simple as that, in my opinion. And then start calling for the coach's head. Yeah, yeah, fire the coach. I'm not coming to a game until you fire the coach. People that have never watched lacrosse, let's just say that honestly. I hate to say it that way right, to call yeah. out people like that, but I saw a bunch of fire desk tweets from I can tell you the people that have never watched a game. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and, so, And I'll be honest, uh, since since we started doing this show, we've just finishing up five years, and Joe and – I mean, I can't speak for Joe, but – I would watch games here and there, here and there, willy-nilly. But since I really started doing this show and stuff, it's when I really started watching games and paying attention. And that really, the past probably three years. I mean, because last year was only four games, so whatever. But And let's be honest, we probably don't talk about it enough. We but don't we talk about it talk enough. About we don't, it. but because we're so limited with our time anyway, I mean, we could talk Syracuse across, Syracuse basketball, Syracuse football, Syracuse women's basketball. I mean, we, we'd have to make a living out women's of it. Women's lacrosse at that got point. a three seed in Dubai. Yeah, that's right. And LeMoyne's women got screwed. Yeah, got snubbed. But nobody hears about that, though. That's right. the other thing. So nobody outside Syracuse hears about that. Unless you're unless you're a Syracuse fan, you don't know that the women even made the tournament because in the local Syracuse groups, obviously Mike McAllister has posted about it. Other people have posted about it, but that's the only way you hear about it. I think that's part of the problem, though. There's not enough coverage of lacrosse in general. I've talked to former SU players about that. How do we grow it? And 
the number one answer is coverage, 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 coverage. I mean, it's that's a good what, question. That, that's what they've told me. That's a it's a good question, Dan. And and it's a it's a it, it, there's I think it's a multitude of things. Just like with anything, coverage is going to help. But well, hey. but so will so will be in you know an exciting team, a good team. Obviously, I mean that's a huge right. You're always going to get people in there for for a basketball game, and I think that's another thing that really kind of takes away from the other stuff is our men's basketball team, to be honest with you. I don't ever remember a year where you couldn't get people in the dome for a basketball game. Now, now them being loud is a different thing. You get 20,000 people in there and they all got, they're all sitting on their hands. I've seen that, but you know, at least there's, you know, 15, 20,000 people in there. So on a Tuesday. Yeah, we know what, I mean, the limited amount of people that listen to us, I think we should do our part, Sean. We got to do better. We got to have Dan on more. Dan, I, I mean, this is the conversation that people tune in for, bro. I mean, you know, it's fun to talk about this, that, and the other, but you know, it is good to. It is good. I mean, we're limited. I mean, Syracuse is a small market for podcasts, Dan. Obviously, if you, you know, you do a podcast, you you kind of get the feel for that. It's just a small market for coverage because you got a lot of people doing a lot of things in a small space but joe's right i mean we do got to do our due diligence in in some of the some of the coverage and things like that but you know we got dan that's dan's doing that so we gotta have dan we just gotta have dan on that's (laughs) that's what we gotta do let him do the work bring him on here he's got his pod he could come give us a little tasty morsel and we could we could send everybody over to his pod that's how you do it sounds good to me okay I probably will have so when this is released, I probably am having. Hopefully, I'm working out the details right now. There's a guy that's called three Georgetown games in the past two weeks, and him and I are going to do a detailed scouting report on Georgetown. So that's a little teaser for everybody listening. We're nice. just working. We're just working out of time right now. So that's good. I'll be interested in that. And obviously, yes. hit us up. Hit us up. Tag us on Twitter in that. By the way. Um, I don't always get to my Twitter tags in time because I don't go on there much. So Dan, if you if you do it, text me or DM me or something where I get a notification okay. and let me know, and and I'll help you get that out there. So uh, predictions? Do we want to do predictions, gentlemen? Sure. Do, Dan, if if it's going to give anything away from anything, then we don't have to. No, no, we can go with it. That's fine. Okay, I'm sure right. my prediction will be way off base, so let's do okay, it. Okay, I'm sure mine will be too. So that's why we're going to start with Joe. Hey! Joe. <laughs> so. Keep it nice, simple, quick, 1613 Syracuse. 1613 Syracuse. Okay, hold on. I'm going to write these down. I'm going to write these down because we're going to have Dan back too, especially if, if, they, if they make it to the Final Four, Dan. You're coming back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm not going to limp out. I'm going to let Dan go last. He's the most knowledgeable one here. I want to see how, how horrible we are. So this game worries me after Dan told me yesterday, Georgetown had a lacrosse team. And I said, Whoa, really? Let me go check them out. (laughs) Let me go check them out. And I'm like, Oh crap. They're actually pretty good. They're way better than their basketball team, which sucks and always has sucked. But uh, they do worry me a little bit, but I hate Georgetown so much. I would never pick Georgetown in a prediction. I don't care if I'm wrong or not. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 18 
16 Syracuse. Wait, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm retracting that. I'm retracting that. 15 12 Syracuse. I'm around don't... that same number. I think we're going to see a better Syracuse team than we've ever than we've seen all season to be honest. Like I said before, the Scanlon stuff is behind him in my opinion. I mean, good riddance. We ha- we haven't talked out the circle that I'm in hasn't talked about it all week if that's nice. any indication. So I'm going to go Syracuse 16, Georgetown 13. I think the Tucker Dornovic wins, gets the game leader for Syracuse at 14-13, and they close it out after that. I'll even give you a top scorer and Tucker. Okay. Real quick, Owen Hiltz. How awesome How awesome is that kid? He's going to hopefully – <laughs> like uh, this is the it's the gut reaction obviously right um he's one of the better freshmen Syracuse has ever had I mean obviously his recruiting numbers speak volumes but I hopefully he never wears 22 I say that with a grain of salt because I don't want to jinx it because I feel like the jinx on that but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day we, we, <laughs> but, we didn't even get into that which is another abomination but yeah I, I, hear, I hear you. Um, he's going to be a stud on this offense for the next few years. Like He's going to become what Scanlon was, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Like, <laughs> yeah. If I'm comparing him to anybody, that's probably who I'd compare him to, like the Stephen Keels a, couple, a few years ago, Cody Jameson. There's, he's a stud candidate. Jameson. Cody's stud candidate attack, man. Like, he just puts numbers up. He knows – and this is the thing with Canada p- players. And I don't know if a lot of people realize this. They play box in the winter. So these are guys that know how to do everything. They could score from every angle. You know? uh, so, yeah. And some of his goals have been ridiculous. So. He's, in, he's impressive, man. He's impressive. Oh, I mean, that's what you learn in box is how to make it happen in small spaces. So really fast. And yep. he does it. Yeah. Absolutely. Dan, thank you for coming on, dude. We really, we really appreciate it. I had, I had a good time and none of it was scripted. We just kind of, we just kind of won it and it it worked out great. I can't wait to have you back. I, I, I look forward to that. And, um, obviously if you need anything from us, you hit us up, you can follow Dan and his podcast at, well, Q's. 1987 at Q's 1987, right? Or at Q's Dan 1987. Cuse 1987 is the personal. Okay, is the personal, and then at su lax pod. That is, you can follow him there for all of his content that he puts out over the pod waves. Uh, and I guess that's gonna do it for us, gentlemen. Thanks to oh boy, oh boy, I forget. Take Take Line Podcast Locker Room App. Bet online and Kansas City Stakes. Thank you to all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate it so much. For Joe and Dan, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.